This week on the Documentary Review Podcast, Jonathan and I pour a hot, tall cup of tort reform as we discuss the 2011 documentary, Hot Coffee. Welcome to the podcast. I'm PG. I'm Jonathan. Glad you can join us. Yeah, but we kind of, I kind of feel like we interrupted you there, Jonathan. You were like, like badly. Uh, it was it, it was good though, because it's kind of like you know when you when the news reporters come back and they're just like furiously scribbling down. Oh, oh, yeah. Little, oh, they yeah, act like yeah. you're they're really they're really up to something busy before you get involved. Yeah, yeah. I, you like know, I was trying you were trying to finish a Candy Crush level. No, just <laughs> kidding. That's not, not what I was trying to do. I was actually uh, pulling up hot coffee on Internet Movie Database so I could reference because I can't remember one of the names of the people in there that I want to talk about. So. All right. Well, I can't. I can't remember any of the names. So. Oh, good. <laughs> Perfect. Good well, we'll just refer to them as whatever they did. Right. Burned leg lady. Uh, Burned leg lady. Yeah. How's How's it going, Jonathan? Good. Good. It's. Yeah. Life's rocking and rolling. Uh, spring break is almost upon us. So. Whoa. Got any big spring break plans? No. The beach or anything? No, no. We got a company coming in from out of state. That's uh, that, that oh. my. Yeah, my in-laws, mother, uh, mother and father-in-law are coming in for like a week and change. They're going to visit with the grandkids. I'm going to spend do a lot of time. Have plans. <laughs> I'm shocked. So yeah, there you go. Nice, nice. <laughs> what do you have plans? You're living the wild lifestyle. It's crazy. Yes. How about you, PT? Anything crazy going on? Um, not, 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 not too much. No, I got, I got nothing, nothing All for right. us today. Except that, that I already mentioned to you, but I'm drinking some nice grapefruit candy. Oh, you know what I will say? All right. You, this is, I'm going to put the secret into action right now, Jonathan. We're going to put Let's it do. to the test. Okay. I have a new goal for our podcast. There's a company called uh, Blue Apron. Are, are you familiar at all with Blue Apron, their service? No. All right. Well, the only reason I'm familiar with them is because I listen to eight zillion podcasts. And they, uh, of those eight zillion podcasts, they advertise out, I'd say, seven zillion of them. And I want to make it, I want to make it 700 zillion and one because I subscribe to, to their service and it's pretty cool. Basically what it is, Jonathan, I'm going to give them a free ad right now. It's just, just a little taste. Uh, basically what it is, is that you um, like every week they have a menu and you can have like, uh, like three meals a week or two meals a week. You can like pick, but uh, then they basically send you all the ingredients to make like a really awesome meal in like all like, exactly proportioned out exactly like you know here's the little exact amount of like herbs you need here's like a you know stock of time or whatever you know like exactly how to do it and then they also send you um really good like instructions and links to videos of like exactly how you make the meal so so i've been using this for like a month and i and it's kind of changed my life it's like i've been making these these crazy meals that i never thought i could make before and and, and then on the, the times i only do it every couple of weeks and then on the like off weeks i you know i'm looking up other recipes cooking other crazy stuff so it's uh, and every meal I've ever had from them has been exceptional. So, that's wow, that sounds like a really cool concept for a thing. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's still cool. They give you exactly. So, like you know how it is when you like if you want to make something, you look at the recipe and you're like, uh, I have one of those items, and that, and then like you got to like you're like, oh crap, I got to get this thing. You know where, you know I'm going to use it twice a year and have to buy a giant jar of it or whatever. Right, give you the exact amount you need. It's cool. So so check yeah, out I've, Blue Apron. I've, I've, 
All right, Blue Apron. I'm in. There's a pre-plug Blue Apron, so. Yeah, Blue Apron, right on. You will not be disappointed. It's great food and really interesting okay. meals. All right, that was my free ad, and uh, there you go. So that's, that's, my, that's the secret, man. I'm putting it out there in the universe, positive thoughts that Blue Apron is going to come through and sponsor our show. Because I believe in them, and I want to support something I believe All in. All right. I just I think it'd be cool to get a sponsor. That'd be awesome. I never <laughs> right. really really thought about that before, but sure, let's do that. Yeah, you you, you don't care if it's Trump or whatever. You'll, you'll yeah, I might I might have my limits. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, all right. So so let's segue here because you know uh, there was a there was an incident this week at a Trump rally where where <laughs> where a guy. This is not funny at all. Why am I laughing? In which a guy. Uh, in the crowd, like punched a black protester in the back of the head. And then uh, Trump was like, oh, I totally don't condone that. Um, by the way, I will definitely pay that, all that guy's legal fees, anything that happens to him because of that, just to let you all the rest of you know, wink. <laughs> but also I don't condone it, but I will definitely pay for all the legal fees involved for any kind of situation like that. So that was, that was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty rad thing to do. <laughs> right. So, so uh, yeah. Well, th- thanks to tort reform, he won't have to worry about facing any major liabilities <laughs> for that. So, you know, right. So, uh, so let's let's get into our uh, our documentary this week, which is Hot Coffee. Jonathan, give us the patented Jonathan rundown. I'm so excited. All right. Well, Hot Coffee uh, starts off with this well-known story of the McDonald's uh, lawsuit, where an elderly woman is burned. We all know the story. Sues McDonald's gets millions of dollars, but it dives much deeper into the story uh, than that face value account, uh, kind of telling us exactly what happened and then taking us a lot further down uh, the line into the legal system in America, who can be held responsible for what and what changes occurred in our country and the legal system, uh, partially due to that lawsuit uh, and who took advantage and how did it affect us as individual consumers uh, and then also dives deeper down that rabbit hole of the uh, civil justice system in America and where it is right now and where it's going. Um, so definitely a documentary that's full of, you know, very tough questions and, um, you know, examines things that we should probably be thinking about as citizens. That's how it got. Right so well, well, well pitched. <clears throat> um, so what did you, did you like this documentary? I did like this documentary. Nice. PT, what do you think? Do you like it? Uh, yes, I liked it. I liked it a lot. That's good. Okay. It was <clears throat> it was um, different than I thought it'd be. Like it was it was much more it turned out to be much more of an issues documentary, you know, than I than I expected it to be. But um, but there's a lot of good stuff. Like like it. A lot of times the issues documentaries aren't always my favorite, but I feel like this looked at things in a way that I hadn't quite thought of before. I mean, some of the stuff I'd, I'd certainly thought of, but like the way that they approached things was kind of fresh and new to my, to my mind. So it, it was definitely a good watch for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was something that I like, I'm sure most people hadn't put a great deal of thought into. Um, and, and, and I, it, it really makes me want to know more, um, you know, like I, I understand that all documentaries, all issue-based documentaries are going to be essentially one-sided and give you a portion of the truth. I mean, obviously, they're kind of like portraying their point, and this was no exception. Um, but it did portray some really good points, and, and it really made me want to like look deeper and see, 
you know, it, you know, how much should should this be something that I, I, I am more active about or should understand better at least. So, right. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It was definitely like a super biased documentary, but um, I don't know. I kind of feel like, like we get the other side of it a lot. So it was good to get this side of it. You know, so I, was, I think I was so too. With the bias. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't like, yeah, and it was a subtle bias. I mean, well, I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I mean, obviously, it was really strongly in favor of one one side of the issue over the other, but um, it it wasn't like aggressive. It was more like just a it presented its case, and it didn't like it. I liked the way it did it, even though it was one sided. Um, well, but totally, yeah. So, um, so let's so start. The, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say it for the to kind of get into it right at the beginning. Um. You know, man, I keep bringing up the secret. I guess I'm still mad about it. I don't know, but uh, you remember, like, one of my complaints with the secret was that they that they didn't do a great job at all of like easing us in. To, they they just like hit it, started hitting us with the crazy right away. I felt like this documentary was like the opposite, where it did a really good job of like presenting things um, in a way that lined up with the way that like I kind of saw this McDonald's case, and, and probably most people would see it. And then, like, slowly started like bringing in the no, no, you know, here's let's challenge your assumptions, kind of one at a time, and show you what this case was really all about. So, well done. Yeah, yeah, agreed. They did do a great job of that because they presented it like right, like you said, like right out the gate. It's presented the way we all think of it. Like, I mean, they they essentially man on the street interview a bunch of people that are, you know, giving giving their take on it, and and it's the take you would expect. Like, oh, uh, some old lady was driving through McDonald's and got a hot coffee and it dumped all over her lap and she sued and got millions of dollars. And then that's where everybody, you know, and that does seem outrageous. Like that bullet point, which is as far as most people have ever, you know, it's everything that essentially is everything everyone's ever known or most people have ever known about that case. And it just seems like, Oh, well, of course we'd all dump some hot coffee in our lap for, you know, $3 million. I mean, I think you, yeah, about that. Uh, so, because I was thinking about this afterwards, and I totally agree with your point. Um, but I was thinking about it after I watched the whole documentary, and I was thinking, why do we get uh, kind of like mad or just, I don't even know if mad is the right word, but kind of like disgusted by that situation? You know, like I know when I thought about it, I was like, uh, rolling my eyes, some, some idiot gets all that money for spilling hot coffee. Um, I don't know. Why do you think we have such like a visceral reaction to that idea? Because it's not like they're taking money from me. They're taking it from mcdonald's who like why, why do we why do we even care if that was the story why do you think it it hits such a nerve with everybody where everybody's like oh my god right well i think like there there are several parts where no one no one thinks people should get something they didn't earn i think that's something that we're all against if uh you know if you didn't work for something you didn't earn it you know and especially and then on top of that even though it's some even though it's not you they they essentially took it from someone else that did earn it you know, and, and right there, I think there's an internal moral thing that you're like, no, that's not right. Even though it wasn't me in that instance, if someone came and took my stuff or took some something from me, and I didn't really, I certainly didn't, they didn't deserve it or earn it or like shouldn't have had it, and it hurts me. Well, that sucks. I think we all have empathy for that. Um, and and that's kind of where this case is at. You know, it's where it's saying like, yeah, just because McDonald's is rich. Or you know, substitute any really rich entity or person or whatever. It doesn't mean they should get screwed. Um, you know, you shouldn't just be like, "Well, that person's rich, so we're just going to take their money." That's, you know, that's, I think most people think that's not cool, um, and that's what this feels like on the surface. 
Yeah, um, good answer. I like yeah. it. All right, so so then we kind of get into some of the real facts of the case and uh, would uh, walk us through those a little bit. What, what, which ones of those were kind of like the most like surprising or maybe like changed your views of the case a little bit? Well, I, I think one of the biggest things that change, would change people's opinion about it is the fact that this, like right away you get the image of this person was just in it for the money. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they, they saw a big target on McDonald's and, and, and went for it. And right away when they're like, yeah, this is an old woman one that was severely injured. She wasn't just like, you know, she just like got some discomfort from some hot coffee. She she needed skin grafts. And so, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, that's a big part of it too. The extent of her injuries were pretty darn severe. Um, yes. And they do not shy away from showing those. No, they show the pictures, photos yeah. and it's like, wow, that woman had, I mean, like you, I can't imagine how much pain she went through. And like, obviously she had, spent weeks in the hospital and had skin grafts. So, I mean, like not a laughing matter. That's some real injuries. Yeah. Um, which I mean, like that, that wasn't even the biggest part of it. Like the, the bigger game changer, even than that for me, of which I mean, that, that certainly had impact, but the fact that she didn't want, she didn't go after McDonald's from, you know, she was just an old lady that ended up with a lot of medical bills for these injuries that were caused by, you know, the coffee. And she just asked, Hey, can you help me pay for these? She didn't even ask for all the money. And like at the gate, she was just like, Hey, I got really injured from your coffee. One, she assumed it wasn't, you know, essentially an accident where they were like, it seemed like your machine must've been way too hot to cause these severe injuries or, you know, that you, you know, should get that serviced or fixed. So it doesn't happen to anyone else. And two, can you help me pay for these medical bills? You know, just give me the money to pay for these medical bills. That's it. That's all she asked for. Um, and that right there changes the whole tone of it. You know, it's an old lady who's just like, she, you know, man, she really did have some. And then she wasn't even like going after punitive damages or anything else. She just wanted her medical bills paid for. Um, and, and that was really where it was at. And then so then the big change is that the jury essentially shockingly came out with that big number. And even the way they deciphered that number, like was real simple and logical. That was how much money McDonald's made in two days off the profits from their sales of coffee and in the trial itself mcdonald's was so essentially callous and negligent that they didn't she wasn't an independent example like they they actually you know had 700 internal reports in mcdonald's own database of other people being burned by the coffee uh, they knew it was too hot you couldn't it wasn't even drinkable and then they were deposed and they were like yeah of course we know that it's gonna you can't just drink our coffee it would ca cause severe injuries <laughs> so i mean obviously and then they were like well we served 24 million cups of it and only 700 people got severely injured so mathematically <laughs> no big deal and of course the jury anyone is like whoa that's whoa <laughs> slow down those 700 people are not like you know a rounded part of a decimal those are 700 actual human lives that have been injured that you knew about and like and they're not asking them to redesign the store they're saying take the little knob and turn it from 180 to 170. That's not asking a lot. That's a very, very small thing you have to do to, you know, prevent these injuries. You don't have to make less money or anything. You just turn a little knob. Um, so I can see where the jury was pissed. And and the number sounds kind of logical when you put it that way. Totally. Yeah, the big the big thing that, that I hadn't thought of and that, I mean, you, you definitely touched on it, was just the idea that the that really the money wasn't, like to reward the lady, basically, it was basically to punish the company. You know, it was, it's to 
to make them right. like sit up and pay attention and be like, oh, I guess we should finally do something about this issue. Right. Uh, and, and it makes a lot more sense when you look at it like that. Absolutely. And here's the here's the worst part about all this. Well, not not this case, but like once you go past this case and you start getting into tort reform and the rest of the documentary, the very worst thing in my mind, like after watching this, was how incredibly well the justice system worked in this case. So right. the woman, you know, went to court, had a jury of her peers. The jury came up with that number like they did because they were like, oh, two day sale. That seems fair to, to tell this company, hey, turn down, the, stop injuring people with your stupid product, you know. And it was enough to make them take notice. Then on top of that, a judge came in and was like, well, this lady doesn't really need $3 million. You know, that's, yeah, that's a good number to, for McDonald's, but it's excessive anyway. Bumped it down like $500,000. So in the end, they, they didn't pay an excessive amount. I mean, $500,000 is a lot of money. Again, not to McDonald's. It's a drop in the bucket. But after all that, they, they turned that little knob. And now there haven't been, you know, a thousand more people getting burned by their coffee. Right. Brilliant. And then guess what else? That was an industry standard at the time. I guarantee every other, you know, Denny's and Burger King and every other place that had their coffee up to 180 all turned it down. Yay. The consumers win. Public safety is raised. Companies don't really lose anything in the long run. I and mean, the only first people that took a hit was McDonald's. And it wasn't a big one because the judge even softened the blow. Yay. The system worked. It was perfect. Couldn't any better. <laughs> oh, <That's> right. <laughs> But <laughs> the story didn't end there. Yeah, I mean, geez, when you put it that way, that, that lady basically should be like a hero or something. And uh, she, yeah, that that's really sucks for her that she's like basically a laughing stock. Yeah, she's like a villain. She's a villainized laughing stock. And yeah, and she totally did something great for everyone. I mean, like, you know, I mean, did she save a you know a, a baby from a burning building? No, but she did stand up against a big company, and her little tiny win. Helped everyone. It made life better for everyone in America, right. and it did nothing for McDonald's. You know what I mean? McDonald's wasn't like, oh shit, our quarterly margins are way off. We right. lost, you know, from three hours worth of coffee sales off one day. You know? <laughs> right. That's uh, so. So after after that big win and the the, the system working, <laughs> McDonald's and the corporation was like, never again. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That was what happened next. That was the reaction. It was like corporate America was like, "This is outrageous." Right, and that, that's the other infuriating thing about this documentary is just that, like, how well how well their PR campaign worked, man. It worked like a freaking charm. Holy cow! Everybody knows about this case. Everyone thinks it's ridiculous, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was well the done. poster child. Yeah, well done, corporate America. You fucking you took us. to Sorry about the language there, but they took us to school. I mean, like as a general populace, yeah, we got we got taken to school in a big, big way. Yeah, and totally. yeah, so to for anyone else that hasn't seen the documentary yet, so then the the next phase of the documentary goes on to um, it starts off with tort reform is really the next thing, which is something that they kind of show right away that basically no one really has much of an idea about, um, and it's basically a way to put caps and limitations on. Uh, damages that people can get and their point was kind of like well that's stupid because like this mcdonald's case for example in any other case i mean the, the two sides sides of the coin is one is saying that yeah well you know it's a jury of the 12 people we've got this great 
you know, jury reviewers come and they hear the case based on the uh, evidence and actual stuff going on in that case, they're going to make a decision. And if the decision is to award someone a lot of money to penalize a company, then maybe that's, that's, should be what it is that's up to them you know and in each case varies so drastically that yeah you should that that should be in the jury's hands and even at that even before tort reform the judges could limit those settlements as they did in the mcdonald's case but then the other side is the corporate side is like hey there's gazillions of frivolous lawsuits and this is something that i would i wish they would have thrown out the stat and it may or may not have supported yeah, the documentary i, 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 I thought about that too uh, it was just yeah. killing me that they could say, like, every year in actual frivolous lawsuits, the United States loses, you know, $20 billion or whatever it is. Or is that number only $6 million bucks? You know what I mean? Like, because that's a big difference. You know, if it's... Sure. And they never... They well, never... The, yeah, I was, I was thinking about, like, how, like, is there any way to... I don't actually do any real research, but I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know, I do know people that are pretty sure, like, you know, have, have kind of, like cheated welfare people who have like you know cheated the system in a lot of ways but i can't i don't think i know anyone who's like ever filed a frivolous lawsuit you know i, I can't think of anyone who's like ever ever fi really even filed a lawsuit that i know against the company well um, I, I, I i'm kind of in that same boat where i don't know I, like no one i know in my personal life has has really filed a frivolous lawsuit the only thing that popped into my mind on this, and this is where I want to know, like, how, what's the number on this total? So my weird, anyway, I basically found out through a friend that this, there's a Safeway in, in the town that I live in, and it's in kind of like a rougher section of the town. And so a grocery store here for anyone that doesn't have Safeway. But um, every week, basically, they pay out like a $2,500 settlement to someone that sues them. <laughs> nice. and uh he said they get they get sued you know at, at least once a week um said they're basically all frivolous lawsuits where you know people just say they were like they most of them they don't even know like exactly what happened the cases no one's none of in none of the cases does anyone suffer any like real injuries or anything like that um but they know essentially that if you sue safeway safeway is like legal slash business department is like, well, if we settle for $2,500, it's cheaper than the cheapest we're going to get out of it on court. So if they take that settlement, then it's what we do. Pay, pay it out. Hmm. And so, yeah. So, I mean, like, and, you know, that's, that's a lot of money if you're, especially one local grocery store, you know. All right. And maybe that's, a, you know, the only place that does it and their other chains don't do it but i mean like it seemed like okay well that that should be addressed that's you know that's again that's like that's the argument of the other side like everybody's a gallon of milk cost for everybody if they're paying if every single grocery store in america is paying out money every week to lawsuits right um <clears throat> yeah i don't know like yeah that's interesting anecdotal evidence for sure like i, I like i don't know like i feel like if I, it seems like they're paid in the ass to sue people. I feel like the people who would be, <laughs> who would be down with that are not people who would like be down with following through with that whole thing. But uh, that, I, mean, I guess apparently some people are. Yeah. And I, you know, I want to see, again, that was a friend of a friend that, that he was actually in like in the um, health file, those claims or whatever, essentially it was, he was, he was part of the postage system that like 
worked out the certified letters between the attorneys and the checks and all that stuff. So he just happened yes. to know from that little point of view, like how often it happened. But when he said that, it was really shocking to me. Yeah. Um, I don't think like the grocery store in my neighborhood gets sued once a week. I can't imagine they do, but. Yeah. Um, um, I did. I did like the Like one of the big points was the, of the documentary was like in our, you know, in our three bridge political system, if you're taking a realistic look at it, like, the justice system is kind of the only place where we <laughs> can kind of get a you know a fair shake and get have our voice be heard. Even though even though when they said that, I was like, well, really, is it really a fair shake with the <laughs> corporations have like insanely awesome lawyers and stuff like that? But but I mean, the point is taken, which is that we can we can like I can sue McDonald's and uh, go before a judge and present my case or whatever. Um, right. Right. Which right. Is cool. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought that same thing too. I was like, eh, it's less about the money. It's still about the money. You know, I mean like <laughs> you know what? If if OJ Simpson did not have a you know, seventeen million dollar legal team or whatever the heck it was, I doubt he would you know, his case would have gone the same way. If you you know you, that that matters. You can't say it doesn't matter that you don't have like an insanely awesome legal team. <laughs> but at least you're right. You can you can yeah. still sit in the same room with the jury of your peers with me versus GM, you know? Right. I'm I'm watching the uh People versus OJ Simpson show right now. It's pretty good. Oh yeah? How is it? Rec- recommended. Yeah. It's awesome. It's really good. Uh David Schwimmer's tearing it up, man. I think this is gonna revitalize <laughs> David Schwimmer's career. Ross really? Friends is back, baby. Sweet, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really good show. Um, although I will say they kind of, um, like in the documentary, they did kind of like contradict their own point later when they showed like that, <laughs> that rape victim, like went with Al Franken or whatever to sign it. And like, she didn't have her day in court, but she like, she was able to use the, uh, legislative branch to help her. So she so, was, uh, did you, that victim, Jamie, Jamie Lynn Jones, I think is her name yes. or something like that. Did you, did you do any research after you watched the, no, I did not. Okay. So that. <laughs> that's research I wish I didn't do um, <laughs> but but I could I was really intrigued because so uh, we're kind of jumping ahead but another thing that that they touch on in the documentary is that you can't uh, or a lot of uh, employers and like contracts you sign for like cell phones and credit cards and things like that z- say that there's mandatory arbitration so in other words you can't sue you can't bring them to court but you have to go sit in, you know with an arbitrator and settle it that way well so this one girl, quote unquote, goes, she works for Halliburton, goes to Iraq, gets put in a situation where she gets raped and the company just like arbitrates it. And that's a, that's a private, that's sealed arbitration. So you don't even know, you know, what, what went on there and they basically gave her nothing. And then Al Frankton, who, who looks awesome. I was like, oh, he's super cool. <laughs> um, but uh, he, uh, you know, he goes in and like actually gets a law created that they can protect people from that. And that was really cool. And then, like, at the end of it, he's like, and I'm going to make sure that you get your day in court, basically, to that girl. And I was like, wow, well, I want to see if you followed through with that, because that's pretty awesome. And he seemed really awesome. So I just want to, like, see if he is right. as awesome as he seems. And he was. He did get her a day in court. Thanks. Where it turned out she made up the whole thing, and that <laughs> <laughs> she was not actually raped. And, oh, wow. Yeah, she just, like, was a very bad person that was somewhat mentally unstable. Well, that was what came out in her day in court, which really changed that whole ladder 
part where I was right. like, oh, maybe arbitration's way better. They got it, <laughs> got it right the first time around. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll bet the filmmakers are like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have used <laughs> Wish we hadn't used that example. Boy. Sure, yeah. I'm sure they're like, it's, talk about, the filmmakers would be one. Al Franken would be the one that I'd be like, oh my gosh, I totally went to bat for that woman and changed the laws and everything. <laughs> right. It turned out she was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, Al Franken always comes <laughs> off as cool. Like, he's always. He seems like a lawmaker who really like cares and stuff like that and is trying to do a good job. Yeah, but, uh, no, that was the impression I totally got. Yeah. Um, but you should have fought for somebody else, though. <laughs> guess so. Um, crazy, but uh, but yeah, that 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 I think the point stands though. That is pretty. That whole part about arbitration was pretty interesting to me. And something I definitely never thought about before. Wondered what my rights were with my employer and all my different <laughs> different things like that. Who knows? Who yeah, knows it seems. Oh, I'm sure you signed away your your right to sue your employer. You got to. You work too big of a company. They're, mm -hmm. they're not. They're not going to slide. They're not going to let you keep a right that they don't have to let you keep. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it yeah, does seem weird that you can sign away the the right to to you know take someone to court like I, I mean i didn't think you can just like sign away your rights but apparently you can yeah i wonder i wonder how much that that um holds up like i remember reading recently that like um depending on the state like in california like california does not recognize any non-compete clause like any any non-complete clause that you sign like uh california just doesn't recognize those they're like no that's a that's violates your right to work so they, their courts do not not uh, <laughs> recognize that so uh, so yeah maybe it depends on where you are but it, i mean i think the courts definitely have the power to be like no you can't can't just say that they don't have that right anymore kind of thing right yeah because i remember and this was a long time ago now but i took a law class in college and uh and and it was it was taught by by a, a not just a professor but an actual lawyer and he was like he brought up at the time like those little waivers you sign when you go like indoor rock climbing or skydiving or whatever, where they basically give you a waiver and it says like, no matter how bad we screw up or negligent we are, you cannot sue us now. Just sign this document and then you can't do that. And right. uh, and he was like, yeah, he's like, if you bring those documents to a court of law, they just throw them out because you can't just like, there's no no citizen can just sign a thing that says like you're you're no longer liable for your own negligence. You can't just sign that away magically. It's just that's just this paper that they have people sign, so that way, in case they do get injured, they're like, "Well, I can't sue." And hopefully, that works. But in reality, right. you can't sign away, you know, neglect. Right. <laughs> yeah, people are people are weird about that. Oh, I, I, okay. So, what the one case I do remember of that I know someone that tried to do a, a frivolous lawsuit was um, this person uh, that I I used to work near. Um, I, so I kind of like overheard the whole situation. He saw that a uh, car dealership had posted online a uh, Mercedes, or I'm sorry, a, uh, a Ford Mustang for instead of like thirty five thousand dollars, like thirty five hundred dollars or whatever, um, like in their online ad, they put like thirty five hundred dollars instead of thirty five thousand dollars. So he called them. And he's like, "Yes, yeah, so I'd like to buy this car." And they're like, "No, I'm sorry, that was just a, like a, a misprint or whatever." He's like, "No, you have to give it to me for that amount." And they're like, "No, we don't." And, that was just a misprint and we're fixing it right now. Um, 
and uh, he was like, "No, you have to give it to me for that." And I went back and forth for a while, and he's like, "Well, I'm suing you." And so I was like, I was like listening into the, into this whole thing, and, uh, and I was like kind of like laughing. I was like, "I don't think this is gonna work out." But uh, then, like, so then then I heard him like call like a string of lawyers, and he was, like, <laughs> I was like pitching it to all these different lawyers and like getting shut down by all of them. And being like, "No, you can't, you can't do that. They have the right to not sell it to you or whatever." <laughs> so that was an attempt, I guess, at kind of like a frivolous lawsuit kind of thing. Yeah, but, but what, what was what was interesting about it though was like how, um, like, enraged he was about like how the unfairness of it all. Like when really he was just trying to rip off, <laughs> off that car dealership. He was like, "This is this is America. Like they have to let you know they have to like let me do this, and this is completely unfair." And he was just like so convinced that it was there was, you know, just the fairness was on his side. It was crazy. It was an interesting situation. Yeah, that is really interesting because I mean, like, clearly he was trying to do the immoral thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, clearly he was the one that was just like, oh yeah, you know, like these guys made an honest mistake and they were correcting it as quickly as possible and he was just trying to take advantage of the situation. What a dick. That's great that he was, <laughs> it's great that he was so, took the moral high ground on that. <laughs> just, <laughs> um, side note, I don't, I'm not going to say what political candidate that person supports. But... <laughs> He has very small hands. I'll just say that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. So so we kind of got to the arbitration thing. What else, what else was there? Uh, the, uh, okay. So so here's another huge part of the documentary. I'll let you take. Give me your take on this. Is the so to to get the tort reform passed, like the uh, corporate entities in the United States were trying to get this tort reform reform passed. It did not pass on a federal level. It got vetoed by Bill Clinton. So they started pursuing it on each state level. And in the legislative system, then what do tell what happens at that point? All right, cut out there for a second, but I think we're we're at the point where they decided to uh to to take take it local and to <laughs> to basically buy the judges. Is that is that is that where we're at? That's where I'm going with this yeah this was this blew my mind this was a yeah um so so i watched this like uh like last week so i can't remember like all the details of it but uh yeah but, i mean basically their their goal right was to like buy <laughs> get the help get the judges elected at the local level that they wanted to get elected oh correct. and i don't remember so did they like talk about like how much does it cost to <laughs> to win a win a, a, a judge election Do we yeah know that? so they um I don't think they threw out the exact numbers, but so they went state to state and and in states where they had, they went to the state Supreme court. So they weren't like trying to win local elections or anything like that. So they were trying to get essentially stack the state Supreme courts with judges that favored, uh, you know, corporate rights over personal, you know, individual rights. Uh, And they were largely successful. They just spent more money than their, the people they they felt didn't favor their cause right what a good it, plan you know it and it worked and that was the other thing where too when i was like and then they when, didn't they say that you can't buy the judicial system but anyway <laughs> apparently you can't stay on it and they, they basically put the people they wanted in power um, which worked really well after that tort reform went really easily but the part that really was it took it sunk it to a whole new level and i would love to find out like see like some investigative journalism on this um one of the judges that they didn't want 
he was his name was Oliver Diaz. He does win the election against all odds. He you know he has less money and still comes through. And he seemed like a really he seemed like the kind of guy you would want to judge. I mean, like granted, all I know him from is this documentary, but right. certainly seemed like a very level, you know, intelligent person. Uh, and he had this corporate guy come up against him and he wins, even though he had less money. But as soon as he gets done, he gets indicted on federal charges for basically like bribery. And um, it was essentially baseless, which, which is the part where I really want to see some like investigative reporting and be like, so how did they get this indictment to begin with? And like, how, what does it take? Can I get somebody indicted if I just feel like it? Can I just stated something and then it did. I mean, what was the process on that? Um, but anyway, somebody with enough influence and power basically had this guy indicted. So, and then it goes through the trial and he's acquitted of all charges. And then as soon as he gets done on that, then they indict him on tax evasion, which again, he quickly wins the case and you know, acquitted everything. But the problem being, by then he's already been off the bench for three years because you can't, you know, continue to sit on the bench while you're under indictment for, you know, crimes, especially about being bribed on the being on the bench. Um, and he goes through and eventually loses his seat during next election because nobody wants to back him because he's already been, he's been indicted twice now. Of course, there's, you know, a huge stigma about the guy. Uh, yeah, so they basically bought, bought the courts yeah. to get the reforms passed that they wanted. Yeah, it's crazy. Huh. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's it's messed up. I, I was like, uh, my mind was going all places like, can I buy a judge? Like, how much money would it take? <laughs> if I, if I dropped 50000 can I can I just get it? Like, well, no, I think it was, they, they, they definitely dropped a lot more money than 50000 because I, I think they threw out the number like $17 million, but I can't remember if that was for one specific state or what it was, but they definitely spent more money than any of the opposition um yeah and and all that stuff again like now it seems weird of course there's something i never really thought about but this this tort reform basically ended up putting caps on how much you could get in the lawsuit or you know it, it limited the ways you you know it was, it's just systems to limit the ways you could sue and like it's all under the guise of getting rid of fr frivolous lawsuits but again like, you know, I, I, I think we have to live with frivolous lawsuits as long as, you know, again, like that dude that wanted to like sue the, your example of someone you, you knew of, you know, he's trying to like sue to get a, a car dealership to sell him a car for 3500 bucks because of a typo. But if all those lawyers, if he was calling just through strings of lawyers and they were all like, no, that's, we're not going to take that case. That's a good sign right there that most lawyers you know, and I'm sure he wasn't calling the reputable lawyers. I'm sure he was calling the, <laughs> you know, the crappy TV trial lawyers. Um, and if they wouldn't even take that case, you know, that that's a good sign that they, they won't just sue for anything. And it means if a lot of frivolous lawsuits lose, I would assume, if it is truly a frivolous lawsuit. But again, that's why you have a jury, you know, 12 people sitting there looking at it and being like, oh, this guy's just suing because he's looking to get rich. I mean, most juries aren't going to be like, yeah, let's get down with that guy. I might be me next. I don't think, you know, they're not going to find 12 people in the jury box that are like, have that mentality. Um, so corporations are inherently protected, or not just corporations, but anyone being sued is inherently protected. There are 12 
unbiased people that are going to hear the case and make right. a decision. Yeah, I think like in general, anything that limits the court's power to do what it needs to do in like individual situations is is generally bad. Like, I mean, I think we have a lot of problems because of, you know, mandatory drug sentences and, you know, three strikes are out and on drug, on drug offenses and, the, you know, uh, having to try, you know, uh, um, young people as adults in certain situations, like all states have all kinds of crazy laws around that kind of stuff that is definitely like <laughs> stacked our prisons crazy full. Um, so yeah, I think it's probably good for the most part to give some, give, give the courts the independence to do what needs to be done in a specific situation. Yeah, no, I think that's a pretty profound statement and one that people should really listen to. You go PT. That's uh nice. I'm, I'll be running for a state Supreme court. This <laughs> if, any, if any corporations would have backed me, I would definitely <laughs> reform that tour. Hear that, hear that Courtney love. You owe us one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. you should send Courtney Love to, it'd just be a funny like behind the scenes thing to like if just send Courtney Love the link to that and be like you gonna what are you, you gonna take care of us now or what <laughs> I love it let's do it yeah. nice uh, I'm trying to think Any, anything else we need to talk about in this one um yeah I don't know that's probably it the yeah I was yeah, I'm still so disappointed that I know that one girl like faked her. Faked yeah, her I'm disappointed and... that you told me that. I, well, I <laughs> well, I mean, was it like, well, okay, just to play the devil's advocate, are you sure that like Halliburton didn't just wasn't some like plants? You didn't read that on like Halliburton.com or anything? No, I didn't. There's a there's um, I think actually I read the full story of everything on on Wiki whatever um, Wikipedia, but there were definitely several other um articles and sources on it that said like hmm like so yes one was from like a rape website thing that that i read and they were like their article was basically like yeah this is really bad for rape victims in general because a lot of times they just like you know rape victims get do get like treated like oh this is just some girl you know who's who's crazy and whatever and in this case it was and they were like yeah you gotta, you gotta remember that was just one isolated incident. That's not the norm. And right. So I mean, I guess, and again, I only researched it for twenty minutes online. So maybe there is more to it. Maybe she was like part of a conspiracy that Halbert took care of. But it certainly seemed like she did get her day in court, and they they ruled favorably in in Halbert's defense, and that she, you know, gotcha. Well, the sex, yeah. Right. If she didn't get raped, that's good. I guess. I guess. So I was, I was, that, that part, like, I was thinking about that today. I was like, what kind of animals are there? <laughs> that just like any anytime we get like a, we're just gonna rape people, like you know, get them anywhere off off away from society. But so that that yeah. does help help my faith in humanity as in general. If, if she didn't get if she didn't get raped. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, like the consensus of the court was that it was consensual sex that she had with one person there was no multiple people involved and that twice prior to this she had actually um claimed to have been raped with you know no evidence of it uh, ever happening before that you know obviously she's young when she claimed it the first couple times and then 
this time it just took, had more traction, I guess. All right. So as a side note, as a parent, as parents, I hope that we are never in a situation where our kid is like 19 and is like, hey, dad, I'm going to go to Iraq to work, work in a war zone uh, delivering stuff or whatever. I think I would yeah. struggle to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things like that. Yeah, I would definitely be like, nah, you know, you'll find you another job. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go online and watch this beheading video. <laughs> right. And we'll talk you out of it. Uh, that's my plan good plan all right so how many stars are you gonna give hot coffee how hot was it you know, I'm, gonna, stars? I'm, I'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it four stars i thought it was maybe mostly because of content and the fact that it was uh, it was very thought-provoking to me personally um so I'll, I'll give it i'll give it the higher reward for that even though it wasn't like you know the greatest documentary in the world but i, I did right. i did like it i did like the content i too will give it five, four stars i thought it was a yeah it was like a very i, th- I thought it was very well thought out and the, like all their logic was pretty was pretty sound to me and stuff like that so i thought it was good yeah. and it made me think about things in a new way so yeah four yeah, yeah. stars for me cool well there you go if, you're, if anybody out there wants to think a little bit and think about something that they probably haven't given any time to check out hot coffee do it <laughs> all right, all right I get, talk about oh you got some some force this I, time? I do i do have nice, some right. uh and actually i'm gonna i'm gonna cross one out so i had four i was trying to come up with a theme for this week uh and it was basically all about the kids uh Ooh, okay yeah so although i picked i had three and they were all really depressing so i was like oh i gotta find one that's <laughs> <laughs> i like i like depressing i haven't had a depressing one in a while Okay, well, so first one is called The Hunting Ground, uh, which basically is a documentary that looks into rape on college campuses. Uh, so <laughs> if, you, if you're in for depressing, then uh, the next one I got is Trophy Kids, uh, which is basically parents who, you know, are ultra push their kids in sports right. uh, from whatever diapers on. And then for the uplifting choice is Maiden Trip which uh, is the story of a 14-year-old girl who's sailing around the world. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, all right, I'm going to cross trophy kids off the list. Um, just because, I don't know, I feel like we've, I've seen a lot of like the pushy parent things. I'm just not in that mood right now. Yeah. Um, we watched but the but I, I have seen that one and been, temp- been tempted in the past, so maybe we'll come back to that one day. Okay. Um, boy, so I got the... <laughs> Do I go with the depressing rape or the like? I'm kind of interested in the girls sailing around the world. That sounds kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I guess let's go. Let's go with the underground. <laughs> okay. Let's get heavy. We're gonna get heavy next week. That's uh, I don't know. I I was so torn. Like for the same reasons, I was really almost put it on or like wanted to like leave it on and take it off my list because I thought someday my daughter will go to college. Right. And then like part of me was like, well, no way do I ever want to watch this documentary because I'm <laughs> freaked out of my mind when she goes to college. Then the other part of me was like, I should really watch this documentary so I should like be prepared and protect her before she goes to college. All right. I got a lot of time. My daughter's only five. But <laughs> still. All right. <laughs> All right so the I, only girl... got, I only got eight years to prepare for this. Yeah, so I'm gonna really? It, it is pretty smart. You should only day. have like six or seven. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. All right, cool. Well, thank you for joining us. Email us at docreviewpod.gmail.com. Boy, I screwed that up. Docreviewpod at gmail.com. And uh, leave us leave us some reviews. Hey, you know, um, we're, we're like reaching the end of our time in the new and notable section. So, like, the way we get bumped in that is by getting more reviews. So, you know, maybe leave a review. Maybe tell your friends to leave a review. Maybe be like, hey, I know you love listening to this uh, this podcast, but leave a fraudulent review for it, and I will buy you coffee from McDonald's. Whatever. I don't know. Get, get us a review. <laughs> what I want. Um, in the meantime, we'll be back for the hunting ground next week. Thank you for watching or listening. This is PT. Keep it real. This is Jonathan. We'll see you next week.